This afternoon I preach to you the word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the church in Article 33 of the Belgic Confession, which you can find on page 513 in the book of Praise. It'll be a short meditation on this article, and then we'll look in more detail at Article 35, which we'll read uh, together as well afterwards. Article 33 of the Belgic Confession, page 513 in the Book of Praise. Here the church confesses, We believe that our gracious God, mindful of our insensitivity and weakness, has ordained sacraments to seal his promises to us and to be pledges of his goodwill and grace towards us. He did so to nourish and sustain our faith. He has added these to the word of the gospel to represent better to our external senses both what he declares to us in his word and what he does inwardly in our hearts. Thus he confirms to us the salvation which he imparts to us. Sacraments are visible signs and seals of something internal and invisible by means of which God works in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the signs are not void and meaningless, so that they deceive us. For Jesus Christ is their truth. Apart from him, they would be nothing. Moreover, we are satisfied with the number of sacraments which Christ our Master has instituted for us, namely two, the sacrament of baptism and the Holy Supper of Jesus Christ. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, When you are looking for a store or a restaurant, you often begin by looking for the sign. You drive slowly past those big commerce centers and you're craning your neck to read the list of signs at the entrance or you look to the buildings for the sign that's on the building. Sometimes, as many parents might know, the sudden appearance of a, a sign like the big yellow M or that homely red oval with white handwriting creates a desire, an instant desire in your child's heart to to go to the restaurant that the sign is pointing to. Well-known signs can cause physical reactions in our bodies and even attract us to the restaurants. The water, bread, and wine of the sacraments are like these kinds of store signs in many ways. The signs of the sacraments announce the presence of a greater reality. They point you away from themselves to that reality, and yet they are so closely and naturally associated with the reality that your mind and your body automatically connect the signs with the reality that is signified. When the Holy Spirit works in our hearts through the physical, visible signs and seals of the sacraments, we are edified, improved, and comforted. And I preach to you the gospel under this theme, God nourishes and sustains our faith through the sacraments. We'll see visible signs and seals together with invisible gifts of grace. We know from scriptures that God created each one of us with with bodies and souls together with our minds. Our experience of life that God has made 
is a result of the combination of, of our five senses along with our intellectual and emotional understanding of events. Even after the fall into sin, though darkened in our understanding, our experience in life includes the things that we can uh, feel and see and, and touch. The Christian faith is not just a set of intellectual ideas. We must never forget that God chose to dwell among us. The people of God have always had visible signs of his presence with them. We can think of the tree in the garden or the tabernacle or the tents or the, the offices, the prophets, priests, and kings. And they often, his presence was symbolized with, with visible signs that they were a special and a unique people of God. And we can think of the signs of circumcision and, and the feast of Passover, the day of rest, and other sacrifices and feasts. The saving work of God included the incarnation of the Son of God. God coming into human flesh, into our flesh, because God wants to bring both our bodies and our souls and our minds into fellowship with Him. God also speaks to our minds and our bodies when He wants us to be strengthened and nourished and comforted in the faith. The visible signs and seals are important for guaranteeing his work for us in, uh, as entire and complete creatures. After Jesus had risen from the dead, Thomas missed Jesus' first visit with his disciples. In response, he declared his need to see the physical signs of Jesus' bodily resurrection. And we read in John 20, verse 25, that Thomas said, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. In the response that Jesus gave in a later visit, he did not condemn Thomas for desiring physical proof of Jesus' resurrection. The Christian faith is not merely an intellectual idea, but our very hope centers on the real humanity of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so Jesus gave Thomas visible signs and seals of his physical resurrection, and at the same time, he made it clear to Thomas that even this proof would mean nothing if he didn't believe. The most important thing is believing. Without faith, the visible signs will mean nothing to you. And when Jesus uh, said, blessed are those, is verse 29 of John 20, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed, he did not mean to say that future generations wouldn't have any physical signs to turn to. He would ascend into heaven. But before he went, he instituted the visible sacraments of baptism and Lord's Supper. And so that is why, so that we would always have visible signs and seals of his invisible gifts of grace. Sacraments are visible signs and seals of something 
internal and invisible. And Article 33 of the Belgian Confession does a very nice job of, of highlighting that. They confirm what God imparts to us. By means of the sacraments, God works in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. The key to understanding the sacraments is understanding that when they are being used, God himself is working in our hearts through them. They are seals of what he has promised to us in his word. They are visible confirmation that Jesus Christ really is our substitute who obtained the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. They are pledges that God really does love us and he lives in fellowship with us as he works in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. They are effective because of our faith in Jesus Christ, who truly obtained what he has promised for those who believe in him. And as we receive the signs of God's grace in faith, the Lord himself works through the signs to bring our physical senses uh, to that realization and that assurance that we truly are saved by grace alone. Participating in the visible signs, we may know that God is working in us what he represents to us by his Holy Spirit who is working in a hidden way within us. In Romans 2, verses 28 to 29, the Holy Spirit makes this clear when he talks about the circumcision of our hearts. God changes our hearts when we put our trust in him. When we receive the visible sacraments he instituted because we believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior. The faith that God works in our hearts in a secret way by his Spirit is rewarded by the assurance of God's grace given to us in the sacraments. Which God then uses to nourish and sustain, comfort and strengthen us. So every sacrament then comes with a command to, to take or receive, to remember God's love for you in Jesus Christ and to believe. Obeying these commands, we truly experience in our inner selves the very cleansing, the nourishment, and the joyful fellowship that is represented by the signs. Amen. We'll sing together now. Hymn 79, stanzas 1 and 4, after which we'll consider how God nourishes and sustains believers through the sacraments of Lord's Supper with a careful look at Article 35 of the Belgic Confession. So let us now sing together uh, Hymn 79, stanza 1 and 4, uh, standing if you're able to stand.
now turn to the Belgian Confession, Article 35. We'll read this in parts with some comments of reflection after the different paragraphs that we'll read together. Very good to have your book of praise open in front of you. It's on page 514 in the book of praise. We'll read first the, the first paragraph. We believe and confess that our Savior, Jesus Christ, has instituted the sacrament of the Holy Supper to nourish and sustain those whom he has already regenerated and incorporated into his family, which is his church. The reference to the institution in that paragraph refers to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 26, and also in Matthew 26, verses 26 to 28, and Mark 14, verses 22 to 24, and Luke 22, verses 19 to 20. And you can see that also in the footnote uh, attached to this paragraph. The conclusion of this paragraph is highlighting that since the promises that the Lord Jesus commanded include the declaration of the full forgiveness of all our sins, the sins of all who participate, and this forgiveness is only real and true for those who believe in Jesus Christ and will one day drink the wine new with him in the kingdom of the Father, it is therefore very clear that the sacrament of Lord's Supper can only be intended to be celebrated by those whom he has already regenerated and incorporated into his family, which is his church, as the paragraph explains. And as a result, anyone who participates can truly be fully assured, as we confess in Lord's Day 7, that not only to others, but also to me, God has granted forgiveness of sins, everlasting righteousness, and salvation out of mere grace only for the sake of Christ's merits. When we participate in the Lord's Supper, when you participate in the Supper, thank the Lord that you yourself, and you could put your own name in that blank, you still receive the benefits of Christ's work that are represented to us in the sacrament. The next, continuing on in our reading, the confession, those who are born anew have a twofold life. One is physical and temporal, which they received in their first birth and is common to all men. The other is spiritual and heavenly, which is given them in their second birth and is affected by the word of the gospel in the communion of the body of Christ. This life is not common to all, but only to the elect of God. Of all the people, the comment, the reflection, of all the people in the world, born of women, God has elected some to respond to the preaching of the gospel. In the communion of the body of Christ, with genuine faith, in Jesus Christ. This movement from death to new life in Christ that's marked with water baptism is what we call being born again. And it brings your physical life that you share with everyone around you into the spiritual and heavenly and eternal realms 
of God's kingdom. And you can read about that in John 3 and John 5. And so as believing covenant children, observing, or professed members participating, remember that you truly are new creatures in Christ Jesus, distinguished from the rest of the world because of your faith. And the Lord's Supper reminds us of our status in God's sight. Continuing on with the reading and the confession. For the support of the physical and earthly life, God has ordained earthly and material bread. This bread is common to all, just as life is common to all. For the support of the spiritual and heavenly life, which believers have, he has sent them a living bread, which came down from heaven, John 6, verse 51, namely, Jesus Christ, who nourishes and sustains the spiritual life of the believers when he is eaten by them, that is, spiritually appropriated and received by faith. In our struggle against daily sins of weakness, temptations, and doubts, we're called to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, the living bread, who was sent down from heaven just like manna in the desert to sustain you in your journey. And as we can think of Psalm 63 this morning, the journey in the desert. God comes to us when we feel guilty for our sins and confess them. He hears us when we cry out to him that we cannot be holy. He shows us, Jesus Christ, the divine answer to our shame and fear, the source of abundant life, as we sang in hymn 79, based on John 10, verse 10. Jesus Christ is like food and drink to our hungry and thirsty souls. But unlike common bread, which gives nourishment whether people believe it can or not, the nourishment from Christ only comes to those who spiritually appropriate him. That means that who make him their, their, their master, the master of all their lives, who receive Christ alone as Savior, as our Lord taught us in John 6, as we read it in verse 40 and 47 and again in verse 63. And Christians spiritually appropriate, we, we receive Christ as our Lord, we profess him as our Lord by participating in the sacraments that Christ our Lord ordained for this purpose. To continue with our reading of the confession, to represent to us the spiritual and heavenly bread, Christ has instituted earthly and visible bread as a sacrament of his body and wine as a sacrament of his blood. He testifies to us that as certainly as we take and hold the sacrament in our hands and eat and drink it with our mouths, by which our physical life is then sustained, so certainly do we receive by faith as the hand and mouth of our soul the true body and true blood of Christ, our only Savior in our souls for our spiritual life. And the wording we see is so familiar after reading John 6. And in John 6, verse 55, Jesus said, For my flesh is true food, and my blood 
is true drink. We are called then to turn to him, not just, not just in our minds, not just in our prayers, but turn to him physically by, by reaching out our hands and, and taking the signs and seals of his crucified body and shed blood. And by putting the bread and the wine into our mouths so that it becomes a part of our body. This is why we're, we're so eagerly looking forward to the day that we may again celebrate together with our bodies, moving beyond this day of reflection and preparation and the day that we may all be together feeling the bread and, and drinking the wine. And as we do this in sincere faith in Christ's work for us, as we saw already, the Holy Spirit, as it were, connects your very heart and your soul to that your hand and your mouth. We even have it worded as these being the, the, hand, the, the hand and mouth of our soul so that we are nourished and sustained spiritually as a person might be nourished and sustained physically by eating bread and wine. We'll continue to read the, next, the first part of the next paragraph. It is beyond any doubt that Jesus Christ did not commend his sacraments to us in vain. Therefore he works in us all that he represents to us by these holy signs. We do not understand the manner in which this is done, just as we do not comp comprehend the hidden activity of the Spirit of God. Yet we do not go wrong when we say that what we eat and drink is the true natural body and the true blood of Christ. However, the manner in which we eat it is not by mouth, but in the spirit, by faith. The words we hear when we celebrate are take, eat, and believe. And even though you cannot explain the, the work of the Holy Spirit in your hearts, how he gave you faith, or, or even how he, he sustains you through simple things like, like bread and wine, we believe that this is not just a, a child's make-believe. Jesus is not trying to deceive you. But as we saw when, when we took a look at our confession in Article 33, the visible signs and seals are truly connected to, to the real gifts of grace. In a special way, through the sacrament, the Holy Spirit makes us share in the real physical body of our Lord who took on human flesh, who obeyed the law in his physical body, just like your physical body, who is truly righteous in, in all things, who bore our guilt and our shame in a body that hung on a cross of real, real wood. Jesus who bled real blood, who rose from human death that's common to all men and who sits today with his, with his head and his torso and his, and his limbs. He sits on a throne in heaven. Our hope and our salvation does not lie in a ghost. It does not lie in an idea or in a theory but in the flesh and blood of the Son of God who became our substitute in a real way with a real human body. 
This physical Christ is the one that we consume in the spirit of faith. This is the one we, we believe in with our heart. Receiving him as our substitute and, and Lord and rejoicing in our union with him. And so we continue to read from the confession in the middle of a sentence in that, in that paragraph in that way. In that way, Jesus Christ always remains seated at the right hand of God, his Father in heaven. Yet he does not cease to communicate himself to us by faith. This banquet is a spiritual table at which Christ makes us partakers of himself with all his benefits and gives us the grace to enjoy both himself and the merit of his suffering and death. He nourishes, strengthens, and comforts our poor, desolate souls by the eating of his flesh and refreshes and renews them by the drinking of his blood. And brothers and sisters, we see here in these, these sentences how we are called to come to a banquet, to come to a banquet where Christ Jesus, our Lord, is, is served, who is offered, who is communicated to you together with, with all true believers all over the world in those visible signs of bread and wine. And if you come in faith, you will not just receive bread and wine, but you will receive Christ, the heavenly bread and drink to life eternal. By participating, he gives you, his, gives you the grace to enjoy both himself and the merits of his suffering and death. So we're, we're praying, may God soon give us this opportunity. And Christ, your, your Lord and your Savior, gives us the understanding, and we can do this every day, to enjoy him as our lifelong friend, our, our victorious brother who ushers us into the kingdom as the Lord of that kingdom. It's like a great international family reunion of warmth and friendship where everyone is joined to one another by their common faith in Christ and their love for one another. We think of 1 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 4, and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. He gives us understanding to enjoy the merits of his suffering and death. So that at this, his banquet, we feel the reality. We have the certainty that our, our sins are forgiven. That we have a place in, in God's kingdom. That our guilt is atoned for. We do not need to feel shame. We have peace with our heavenly Father who made us. Thus the doxology, Romans 8 verse 32, He who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And so with bread in our mouths, our poor desolate souls that are so concerned about living the right life and, 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 and this concern comes from the spirit but the, the tripping can be so, so hard to take the falling. Those poor desolate souls are filled with the truth of his obedient work 
and His grace toward us. And then we are nourished, we are strengthened, we are comforted for our journey. And with the wine in our hands, our souls that are so ashamed of and so aware of our, our guilt and the punishment that we deserve, our souls are reminded of the cleansing of His blood which refreshes and renews us as His children. And then we continue to read now in the second last paragraph. Although the sacrament is joined together with that which is signified, the latter is not always received by all. The wicked certainly takes the sacrament to his condemnation, but he does not receive the truth of the sacrament. Thus Judas and Simon the sorcerer both received the sacrament, but they did not receive Christ, who is signified by it. He is communicated exclusively to the believers. This paragraph reminds us in our, in our confession of scriptural teaching that if you have not been born again by the Spirit, and if you do not desire to worship God for, for all eternity, you remain what is called in 1 Corinthians 2, a natural man. You're, you're, a, you're a natural person. Your life is untouched by Christ's work. And you, in fact, would be better off not participating in the holy sacraments of God. Not only, as our confession says, as Scripture teaches, not only will you not receive the, the truth and the benefits of the sacraments if you are participating while persisting in sins, but the warning is you will also be condemned and punished by God as the Spirit made very clear when speaking of Judas and Simeon. And you can see the, the text referred to also in this article, Luke 22, verse 21 to 22, and Acts 18, verses 13 and 21, and the warning in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 29 to 32. And then we see again, and we reflect together how we must be warned as dear believers not to despise the spirits knocking on our hearts through the, the proclamation of the word and the sacraments. For there is no salvation outside of Jesus Christ who opens the way to heaven through his body. If you are wandering away from the truth of the gospel of salvation, know for certain that it is because of his love for you that Christ commands his office bearers to cause you to feel the sting of, of missing out on the spiritual banquet of joy so that you may repent and, and return and in fact enjoy it truthfully. May you see today that there is nothing more desirable in this life than fellowship with Christ, forgiveness of sins and peace. You do not need to be deprived of his grace and love. You do not need to persist in your sins so that you are cast aside forever. We're reminded of Psalm 81 verse 10 where, where the Lord says, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Then we go to the final paragraph. Finally, we receive this holy sacrament in the congregation of the people of God with humility and reverence as we together commemorate the death of Christ our Savior with thanksgiving, and we confess our faith and Christian religion. Therefore, no one should come to this table without careful self-examination, 
lest by eating this bread and drinking from this cup, he eat and drink judgment upon himself. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 28 and 29. In short, we are moved by the use of this holy sacrament to a fervent love of God and our neighbors. Therefore, we reject as desecrations all additions and condemnable inventions which men have mixed with the sacraments. We declare that we should be content with the ordinance taught by Christ and his apostles and should speak about it as they have spoken. And so we see that the Lord's Supper, the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, is not a private affair done in our homes in some type of, of private communion with God that, that doesn't require us to, to love and care for our fellow Christians who have weaknesses and struggles that we have trouble swallowing. It's a sacrament that requires communion, which requires humility, which requires confession of sins, reverence for the God who graciously is reaching down to us even though we don't deserve it, and great thanksgiving as we enjoy that we are new creatures with a spiritual, heavenly life that unites our bodies and souls and our minds to eternal life with Christ in heaven. When the Lord grants us the opportunity again, may we be comforted and encouraged by our Heavenly Father, nourished and strengthened by Christ our Savior, and as we confess, moved by the use of this holy sacrament, by the Holy Spirit, to a fervent love of God and our neighbors. Amen.